You know, y'all, it's been an interesting year. It's been a very, very interesting year. And um, so, you know, I was just kind of considering, like, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, just kind of where to go. Ministry can be a little bit difficult in that, uh, you know, uh, your, your mind plays tricks on you because your own voice can get tired of you. You can get tired on your own voice, I should say, you know, but... I believe that we're going into a, a new and a fresh season. The Lord has made it more than obvious now that uh, uh, the, there was a foundation period, very much a foundation period, and he's challenged me with certain things, and my wife and I both noticed that all of a sudden our hearing and the spirit just changed overnight, how we feel, how we hear, how we see. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I know this has been the month of praise, and I think I preached one message this month on that. You know, and uh, uh, but, you know, we have an overall theme and we end up mentioning it and reminding it. And uh, I think this is the last. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm going to kind of not necessarily end it on tonight, but just kind of kind of segue from praise over into vision um, based on a particular scripture. And let's read it in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 and through 20. It says, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the devils obey us when we use your name. <clears throat> yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. How many you know how many glad that your name is registered in heaven? So here you have Jesus saying that one of the main reasons why you should be giving God praise and thanks and rejoicing is because your name is written in heaven. And so um we're going to segue over into that. Um, from re we're going to kind of talk about, for probably quite a few weeks, the thing that Jesus said we're supposed to rejoice over. And so I'm going to reteach uh, the subject of heaven and the eternal reward system, uh, starting on tonight. Um, I hate. I don't mean. I don't. Mean, I guess I can say it this way. I probably don't mean it the way that you're going to take it, but I'm just kind of done with politics. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't need anybody to send me any more videos and any more, you know, everybody, you know, now during this period of time, everybody got a prophetic insight and a prophetic word and, and the latest prophetic dynamic. And, and, and y'all, I have not even looked at the news. Because for me, it's very, very simple. We have done our part. We have prayed. We are continuing to pray. It's simple. The man is going to flip it and go into the office, or he's not. And so I sense the Lord uh, strongly telling me to redirect the people back to where our focus needs to be. And so uh, one of the things the Holy Spirit did share with me um, is that this would be the most challenging thing that I would ever have done up until this point, is to teach on this subject. Um, there are some prayers that I have already prayed um, that are quite scary, but it's similar to the prayer that I prayed about spiritual warfare. And so we're going to see it'll be very much a challenge. It does require me to stay in the spirit all day. I got several phone calls and messages that I have not answered. Just kind of glanced at it. I have to keep because in order for me to do an excellent job at helping you in this particular subject matter, it's going to really require my mind to be in the spirit because in order to grasp eternity and the eternal reward system, um, they, it's, like, it's like it's a stream. It's like it's a river that you stand at the edge of the bank and the river goes by and, and every once in a while you see a fish that you can grab. And that's how it is when it comes to this particular subject matter. It's like it is in the spirit anyway. But I have to stay in there. And it's amazing. I get more when I'm not studying and praying than when I am. It's because I, I mean, I'm just, I mean, in the 
course of the day, I'm just thinking about it. And the things that are coming to me, I'm just like, man, this is going to be difficult. It will seem simple when I explain it, but there would have been a great measure of difficulty with my mind to grasp it. Okay. So it'll be taught more like a university and not good sermons. This is not about good sermons and not about great church services. This will be about me. Uh, um, I don't know what happened. I mean, I don't know if there was maybe a harvest on seeds that were deposited on inside of me. I don't know. Was it all of a sudden I became keenly aware about the things that I was doing right for eternity and the things that I was doing wrong. Things that I was doing that were building up my rewards and the things that I was doing that was causing it to be at a stalemate. And then just like all of a sudden, I was keenly aware of just so many different things. And um, so, so it's going to be a very, very interesting. So even with going, so going over into vision, vision won't be about your life. The vision will be about your eternity. Because we always talk about having a vision for the next year and a plan for your life. But most people don't plan for eternity. And that's the biggest, probably one of the most sobering things that I had to realize because today is part one of the introduction. This theme and this concept and this revelation um, is so in-depth, it might take several teachings for the introduction because it's very, it's, it's extremely vast. It's very detailed. And that's why the Holy Spirit said it would be a measure of difficult for me to teach this. That's why there'll be a huge requirement on that side. Hey. And so, so let me just go ahead and jump into it because um, we're going to segue from Jesus said, he said, out of all of the things you used to celebrate, he said you should celebrate the other side. He told us that because he knows what's there and we don't. We talk about what's there, but the truth be told, you've never had a glimpse unless they actually gave you a vision. And that was less than 0.01%. <clears throat> so... I want to encourage you, all that are listening online and you that are here, etc., that you, you need to listen to every teaching because every teaching will build upon the other. Every teaching will be in depth. This is about your forever. This is about your eternity. And, and, uh, and so I'm going to share some things on tonight. Just to, It'll take several sessions just to introduce it. Hey, So y'all ready? It's going to be exciting, mind-blowing, sobering, chastising, eye-opening, and everything. You're going to want to spend a lot of time with God as we go into this. Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. I believe I may have a graphic. It says, here is a major clue as well as an invitation. A man finds a treasure in a huge field and comes to the conclusion that the field is full of treasure. So he buys the entire field. In the same way, Whatever is revealed about heaven does not compare to how much more exists that can be revealed or discovered. So in the same way that this man, you had this huge acreage of field, huge field, and then he happened to stumble upon or discover a treasure in the midst of that big field. Something told him, don't be deceived. This is not the only treasure here. There's an unlimited amount of treasure in this field. Now, what's very interesting is, is that he got the field at a discount because no one knew the treasure that was in the ground. Because the, whoever he bought the field from, that's why he buried it again. <laughs> whoever he bought the field from, had they known what was there, they would have never sold the field in the first place. And so, hence, this is what the Lord is showing us, is that you can be surrounded by the mundane based on what you see and not realize that there are treasures that could be revealed to you. Um, and whatever you discover and whatever we talk about when it comes to this subject matter, whatever revelations are revealed, whatever treasures are discovered, know that there's a whole lot more to be discovered. He said, that's how the kingdom of heaven is. 
Okay. Then Matthew 13, 45, it says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought that one pearl. So the subject of heaven, let alone heaven, is more valuable than anything. Therefore, be willing to sell out everything in order to invest in it and spend time studying it. Okay? As they say, time is money. The amount of time, I am, uh, I am still amazed, and I know one of the reasons why that I'll share with you in a moment. I am still amazed that the most important subject in the universe in all of time and eternity is untouched by the majority of churches in the planet. They teach everything except for the most important thing. And how that got past me, I don't know. Maybe you take upon the mentality of your pastors and your mentors, which a measure of that is true. But um, it's very sobering. Very sobering. Let's look at Matthew, I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2. And let me say this. Um, I'm really trying to introduce this the right way. You really have to pay attention during this subject, you all, because the things that are, are being revealed to me now, it is, uh, is more than, it's, it more than shakes you to the core. Um, and I think you'll see tad bits of that as we move forward. Proverbs 25, 2, King James. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it is the honor of kings to search out a matter. How many kings and queens do I have in here? It says it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. That word glory and that word honor are the same word. Same verse in another translation in Proverbs 25:2. New Living, it says it is God's privilege to conceal things, and it is the king's privilege to discover them. Hey, so there are multiplied, we have a graphic here, there are multiplied trillions of things that have been kept from mankind. Okay, trillions. Okay, we, you can't calculate the number of trillions upon trillions, and if that's such a word, zillions of things that have been kept from mankind. Some things have been kept from man so that he only discovers them if he obeys the law of seeking. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. Don't obey those and you won't get the door open. You won't get what you asked for and you won't find what you're looking for because you weren't looking in the first place. So there are things that are hidden from you so that you will only find them. The door will only be open and the answer will only be given if you obey that scripture. You understand what I'm saying? Then you have some things that have been kept from man because he would corrupt himself further than he already has. And then there are some things that have been kept from man because it is simply outside the intellectual barrier of his understanding. As the God told John in the book of Revelation, come up higher so you can see because if we tell you these things, you don't have the ability to understand. Okay. <clears throat> so those are the three say Colossians 2 3 says in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge but it's in him so if you're not into him if you haven't accepted him if you don't pray to him, if you don't praise him, if you don't worship him, if you don't fellowship with him, if you don't obey him, if you are not sensitive to him, then guess what? You'll be missing out on a whole lot of treasure in your life. Because in him lie all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And there are two types of people that God reveals these secrets and these treasures to. And these are all treasures based on it's a seek, it's a seek and ye shall find gain. Concerning your eternity. Eternity is so wondrous. It is so miraculous. It is so insanely wonderful. You had to pay a price to find out what it's like. We ain't going to just give you this. I mean, it's, it's a very extreme place. And you'll see that as we move forward. Because during this series, it's going to be very much interactive. There are going to be pictures that I will show you. Um, and of course, the pictures don't look exactly how it looks. You can't draw that world. There is no technology 
that can show you what the world looks like. So but the Bible says everything in this world is a shadow. So whatever you see in a picture is a shadow compared to that world. The Bible says that the light in that world is seven times brighter than the noonday sun. People who have been caught up to heaven says that when you say that when you go outside at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, they said that's the darkest it gets in heaven. They said there is no night there, but it does dim. When it dims at its lowest point, it's our brightest point here. And that's the whole concept of heaven is that your highest points here are always the lowest points there in every single area. Okay, y'all got me. Thank you, Father God. I'm going to be speaking in tongues a lot during my messages too because your mind, it seems simple, but trust me, it's not. <laughs> Two types of people God reveals his secrets to, Amos 3.7. Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. So that's one category. He reveals his secrets and treasures to his prophets. I will throw in there, I will, maybe I will say it's safe to assume that he also reveals it to prophetic people. Okay? So he reveals it, he reveals it to his prophets. But, but more than the prophets, he reveals it to his friends. Exodus 33, 11. King James, the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaks unto his friend. James 2.23, so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Genesis 18.17, Shaddai Remember, Abraham was his friend. And so since Abraham was his friend, he didn't believe in hiding anything from his friends. That's why he said, shall I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked, for Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. And in John 15, 14, King James, you are my friends if <laughs> you do whatsoever I command you. Okay. And so if you want to tap into the secrets, you want to tap into these treasures, if you want the Lord to reveal things to you, let me tell you something. God can reveal one thing to you and you'll lose your mind for the rest of your life. That Korean man that got caught up to heaven and he was worth, I think it was, I don't know if it was $100 million or $300 million. How many of you know? At that level, it doesn't matter. You can buy anything. The man came back, the man was caught up to heaven, came back, gave all his money away. Just like that. Didn't even hesitate. Not that he had to do that. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell you to do that. Okay. It says instruct those that are rich that they just don't be high minded and that they be willing to share. It didn't say they had to give their money away. But what he saw up there, he said, this, this hundred million dollars is trash. Here you go. I'm out. That's how extreme that place is. Because the highest here is the lowest there. <clears throat> Y'all with me so far? This might be a graphic. The Bible is an eternal word. Now, let me say something before I read this. Let me say something. If you wait on me to preach this series for you, you are moving entirely too slow. It's not possible for me to teach it all. Everyone under the sound of my voice here and listening online, whoever listens to this in the future, this series will be designed for me to, I'm doing my part as the manager of the household of God it's called to give the children their meat and due season. I'm doing the best that I can to give you what I can give you. But the truth be told is my mentality is too low to do that. I can't. It's not possible. It takes all of our mentalities together, and that still wouldn't equal 0.01%. There are just going to be some things in Scripture that you will see that I can't see. It doesn't matter if I'm a pastor or not. Now, what will happen is because I preach it, it will give you the ability to see a hundred times greater than what you could see before. But I preach it, you see greater, and because you see greater, you'll then end up seeing things that I didn't see when I taught it. You understand what I'm saying? So this is a thing is you got to work collectively and you need to study the subject. One of the ways that you study the subject is you got to study the scripture carefully, particularly Matthew through Revelation, the end of Revelation. And pay attention to every scripture that talks about reward and gift and treasure and eternity. You got to pay attention to them scriptures. What I do is on my iPad, whenever I come across a scripture like that, I highlight it. And it, and it scares you because you'll find yourself sometimes highlighting a whole chapter. 
if you're not, see, Christianity has been taught from a survive planet Earth point of view. The zombie apocalypse is coming, so hold on to the horns of the altar. But the Bible teaches everything from an eternal point of view. That's why I put here, the Bible is an eternal word. Therefore, much of its meaning is as much for eternity as it is for planet Earth. So there are many scriptures that you have been reading and you thought it was here when actually it was for the other side. I'll give you a couple examples. whole Bible is like this, but remember, the Bible is an eternal word, so it doesn't change when we get to the other side. It stays the same, which means then the things that are in here are also for the other side forever. So when you read, like, for example, Psalm 68, 13, you got to pay attention to little things like this. Even those who lived among the sheepfolds found treasures, doves with wings of silver and feathers of gold. Any y'all seen any of those down here? Mm -mm. It just gave you a hint as to one of the birds up there. Now, people who have been caught up to heaven have confirmed that up there that you will see doves that will have feathers of silver and, you know what I'm saying, wings of silver and feathers of gold. I'm just, I'm just throwing a little couple simple things in there. Psalm 15, 1 through 5. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what... Now, now let me say something. <clears throat> when you read this, you're thinking planet Earth. When you read this, it's telling you that these things are going to affect your eternity and how you live. Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? For example, because in, 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 in heaven, you do worship on mountains. So the question is, how you carriage yourself might determine if you get a seat on the front row or the back row. Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right. That's two separate things, apparently. Speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those, uh-oh, who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. That's three separate things. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Here's eternity right here. Such people will stand firm. How long? It didn't say until they die. It says they will stand firm forever. So everything that you read had to do with eternity, not planet Earth. You got to read the whole Bible over and pay attention that way. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Psalm 112, 1 through 3. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. See, there's a difference in someone who obeys God's commands for fire insurance. There's a difference between someone who obeys God's commands because they're, in, because they're concerned about generational curses. There's a difference between someone who obeys God's command because they just simply don't want an open door for Satan. Versus those who joyfully fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands because they understand his commands are right and true. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. Here it goes. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last. How long? That just lets you know that your good deeds affect your eternity forever. It didn't say your good deeds last a long time. Y'all. I'm trying to help you understand something that I don't understand. Forever is forever, which means it never ends, which means one trillion times one trillion, we can't calculate. Would you agree? But if you could, if you could calculate one trillion times one trillion and you got to the end of that period of time, which is a very long time, what you did in planet Earth would still be affecting that. Because it said your good deeds. See, the problem is we're reading the Bible religiously because we're being taught by religious people. It says their good deeds will last 
How, how long? Mm, mm, mm. Always remember this, because the law opposites means your bad deeds, your bad deeds will also. Your good deeds will last forever, and your bad deeds will affect you forever. Psalm 12.6. This is just me introducing a mindset. Y'all got me? The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace on earth, purified seven times. Everybody say deep. Depth. Okay? So, you read the Bible, you read it at your mindset. You don't read it at the level it was written at. So every time you read stuff, you're going to have to be careful with this reward system because you might be reading it for planet Earth and it's talking about eternity. You might be reading it watered down, but it means something much, much greater than what you would ever imagine. Second Peter 1.19, Passion Translation. So we have been g- given the prophetic word, the written message of the prophets, made more reliable and fully validated by the confirming voice of God on the Mount of Transfiguration. Transfiguration, sorry. And you will continue to do well if you stay focused on it. Focused on what? The word. For this prophetic message is like a piercing light shining in a gloomy place until the dawning of a new day when the morning star rises in your hearts. Now, the Bible calls itself, I think I have a graphic here. The Bible calls itself, based on the scripture, a more sure word of prophecy. Therefore, its words have greater and heavier meaning than what we can comprehend. It is written from God's point of view, not yours. It is written based on what God means, not what you think. The Bible is written raw, but you read it with a watered-down mind. And it's only as you renew your mind and keep making it more and more new that you'll be catching up with what God originally meant for you to understand. You will never understand the word at the level that he wrote it. All you can do is keep making your mind more and more new and getting stronger and stronger. And as you get more and more new and stronger and stronger, you will begin to catch up with what he meant. Truth is in degrees when it comes to us. Y'all got me. So when you read scriptures like this, Proverbs 15, 3, the Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. Now, when you read that scripture, you read it in the mindset of planet Earth when they tell you Uncle Sam is watching you. So guess what you think? Okay, Uncle Sam is watching me, you know, that little red light that came on when I'm watching TV or you know what I'm saying? Or they got an app on my phone that's watching me and algorithms and stuff like that. And so you tend to put God in that category that Uncle Sam is watching me, but Uncle Sam is not really watching you all the time. He's just watching you every once in a while. So when you actually go on um, uh, and Google, you know, army boots, you know, then you wonder why you keep getting all of these other commercials for army boots on Facebook and, 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 and YouTube and stuff like that because they watch you a little bit. So you tend to put God in that category, never realizing that when God says he's watching you everywhere and at all times, that's exactly what he means. That means he's watching you when you're in the shower and when you're in the bathroom. That means he's watching you while you sleep. He's watching you while you're driving, while you're working out. Who hate to say this. He's watching you when you spend an intimate time with your spouse. He's watching you when you sin it. He's watching you when you're gossiping. He's watching you when you're crying and when you're laughing. He's watching you so close. He said that when you cry, they take every tear and don't lose a drop. Put it in a bottle, take it to heaven and put it on a book. So when God says that he's watching everything everywhere, it, you got you to gotta receive that at his level. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Not at our level. That means if he's watching, he is watching. That means the next time you get ready to do that dirty deed, mm, mm, mm. Jesus standing right there. I see you. You can't see me, but I see you. See those little scriptures? I will never leave you. You understand what I'm saying? See, this is an invitation for you to really enter into a new level of intimacy. And read those scriptures because they mean what they say. We are expected to obey every single last one, not the ones that you like. Proverbs 15, 11, even death and destruction hold no secrets from the Lord. 
How much more does he know your human heart? I don't know nothing that's in my heart. Yet God can read your y'all. God can read your cellular DNA. And see, we, let me tell you something. One of the things that affects your eternity the greatest are the things that are in your heart. And when we get to that part, there's going to be a lot of weeping and a lot of crying because you're going to have to fall on that sword, as the scriptures say, and break. Because there are things in your heart, and the Lord, the Lord has shown me what that looks like. There are people right now, there are people right now that maybe you don't like. You could walk in love with them more than what you're doing, but you don't. That's, that's affecting the other side. It's going to affect relationships with the Lord because he said, when you do it unto the least of these, you do it unto me. You understand what I'm saying? This is how serious this is going to get, folk. And see, for me, I've just made a decision. I'm not losing my eternal reward for nothing. If the Lord told me he got a throne for me, then, then I'm going to pay the price to get that throne. And I'm going to do the best that I can from here on in. And I have messed up. I have wasted a lot of time doing a lot of stupid stuff. Not sinful stuff, stupid stuff. Bible says, lay aside every sin and wait. There are going to be some things revealed during this period of time that you're not sinning. But the Lord is going to say, you're not sinning, but let this go because this is slowing down your progress on the other side. And we die for you to get the best, not leftovers. Leftovers of a folk that's left over. Even death and destruction hold no secrets from the Lord. I don't even know what that means. That is, I don't even know what that means. Death and destruction got secrets, yeah, but not from God. So that means there's some stuff that we don't know about death. And when people bring destruction, there are things behind the scenes that we don't know that cause people to destroy. But there can't nothing be hidden from God. The subject of heaven and eternal rewards must be exact in order to take full advantage of and maximize what God has provided. I'm going to read that again. The difference, I'm sorry, the subject of heaven and eternal rewards must be exact in order to take full advantage of and maximize what God has provided. Two different individuals can faithfully go to the same gym, yet one will get tremendous results while the other will get little results. Why? Being faithful to go is not good enough. You must understand the exact science of getting results. So you can be faithful to come to church, but that doesn't mean you're going to get a great reward on the other side. There might be a possibility that you come to church every single service and maybe there are some people, they come 60% of the time and might get a greater reward than you because they understand the science of getting results, not church attendance. So faithfulness is not good enough. Even though Jesus said, be faithful to the end. And there's a reward for being faithful. But, that, but that's a reward for being faithful. There are other rewards for other stuff. I need to know the exact science of how to get all of the stuff. Switch my stuff back. Glue this sucker to the doggone floor. You understand what I'm saying? Two people can go to the same gym. And two people can go to the same class. Just because you were there every single time like your partner doesn't mean you're going to get the same results. If you don't understand... So this, again, y'all, this is an invitation for you to go home and act like you're the only Christian in the planet. Your Bible should be broke just by the end of this year. Going up in Best Buy, buying a new iPad every three months. Again? Yeah, I read so much, this sucker burnt up. Because there's, a, it's, it's very, it, it comes to me, here's the deep part, what is today? Wednesday? Today is Wednesday, right? Yeah, I just made the decision on Sunday. I had no intention. I didn't know what I was going to be doing. I taught something different on Sunday for my wife's birthday party, and thank you for that. That was, y'all really made her happy. And um, we did a second birthday. In case y'all didn't know this, we did the birthday party here. We did one caterer. Color was pink. We showed one video. We then surprised her at the Sunday location when she walked in the door. Surprise, we already had the round tables and decoration there. And that color was purple with a different video and a different caterer. Yeah, so she got doubly whopped. 
<clears throat> so y'all got that. Church attendance doesn't mean you're going to have a great reward. You might get a great reward for, for church attendance. You, or, or you might just get a recognition. Last time I checked, y'all, you go to school, you know, what they say? You know how they pass out the rewards during the, the graduation ceremonies. And, and now, these, this is a list of names for perfect attendance. Anybody ever see any money being given out or any trophies? Most I ever saw was a little tarred ribbon that looked like it came from the dollar store. You can just pin right here, I have perfect attendance, wonderful. Okay? But watch this. Just because you have perfect attendance doesn't mean that you got a, a 4.0 or a 3.0 or a 2.0. It just means that you were faithful to show up. And that's what we have in the body of Christ. There's a lot of people that are faithful to show up but don't know the signs of getting their full reward. You understand what I'm saying? All right. Am I doing pretty good? This is just it. This is one of the introductions. Okay, so... Um, my wife and I won't be here this weekend. Devon will be giving y'all another whop upside the head. Devon will be bringing it. Devon be <laughs> gotta get some new eyebrows. But next weekend, um, after Thanksgiving, that weekend after Thanksgiving, uh, we will pick up with the next introduction. That's way better than this one. Colossians three one through three. And we're going to take our time because I'm not going to be, I might have a whole message and if I only get through 25%, well, that's it. I'm not going to be, whew. See, I understand that about now the subject of heaven and eternal rewards must be exact in order to take full advantage of and maximize what God has provided. You don't need to get rewards based on what you were doing by accident. So you can go to, see, again, two people can go to the same gym. They can go there faithfully on the same amount of days, go there faithfully for the same amount of time. And because that person works out, they will get a measure of reward in their body. Versus you go there with a trainer and he tells you, okay, leave those electronic machines alone. Go use those free weights instead. I, I see that you're doing this, but your form is off. You can maximize it if you do it this way. Okay, your weight is too heavy. Okay, bring that weight down and do more reps in order to get the look that you want to get. And if you really want to get results, this is what you eat and this is what you don't eat when it comes to your diet. One of the things that I don't appreciate about, the, about when you do the keto diet at a high level, one of the things that I don't appreciate is that you couldn't eat fruit. I remember the first time my wife told me about the keto diet, I said, that's stupid to me. What you mean I can't eat what God created? They said, it's about you not eating what God created. This is about the science of getting the result. And if you want a fast result, you got to stay away even from the sugar that's in the natural food that God created. Because it ain't about whether the food is good or bad. The, the, the issue is getting the result. I couldn't believe that. Y'all just doing what I'm saying? But so guess what? Is it a sin to eat fruit? But no, it's a weight when it comes to getting real fast results when it comes to keto. Y'all understand where I'm going with this? I can only imagine what we're getting ready to hear. This message might take us to the... <laughs> now you understand. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. How can I do that if y'all don't plan on revealing it to me? Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits. The reason why it says that is because it says you have a joint inheritance with Jesus Christ. And so Jesus sits at the highest level in heaven. So when you set your sights on heaven, they're telling you, you need to set your sights and figure out how to get the highest there. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things on earth. Now when you read that, you read it religiously. When God wrote it, he meant it exactly how he said it. Do the bare minimum when it comes to planet Earth. Focus on eternity. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of Earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You mean to tell me my life here is fake? Mm -hmm. And we use the fake life to determine your real one. 
If you were moving to South Africa in three years and that was going to be your permanent address, would you not study everything about how to live there? If you were getting ready to move to China in two years and that was going to be your permanent address and you were never going to return to the United States again and you were going to spend the rest of your life living in China, would you not be less concerned about uh, doing everything in the mighty U.S. of A.? Would you not fuck? Watch this. If you were moving to South Africa in three years, would you not be looking up stuff and studying stuff? What life is like there? What do the people wear? What is the food like? Okay. How do you maximize living there? What is the currency, currency system? Okay. Social economic. Would you not study that? Now watch this. You do that when you go on vacation. No one goes on vacation. And you already looked at the place three times. You sitting at your desk. Mm, today is Tuesday. I can't wait until Friday. You got the pictures up and you're just looking on your phone. And what do you do? Because you're going on vacation for a week. And because you understand that a vacation is a good thing, just like heaven is a good thing. And because it's only for a week, and yet you're looking it up and looking up the hotel to stay in the best one and, and looking up the restaurants and looking up things to do and, and looking up all different type of stuff in the city and, and where's the crime at and where's the party at and where's this at and where's that at for a week. Won't do that for where you're going to spend forever. You can understand the concept for vacation. You can understand the concept of you moving to South Africa in two years. And if you're going to move in South Africa to two years and you're never going to return to the United States, would you be concerned about what was going on in the United States? If you were moving to South Africa in two years, would you really care who the president of the United States was? Would you really care if the economy was going up or down if you were getting ready to move to South Africa? Would you really care about the housing market and whether or not the rates for loans are going up and whether the rates for loans are going down if you were moving to South Africa in two years? No. You would be very, you would be concerned with what? Your basic survival until you got about this piece because I'm going to a better place. And just so you know, whereas Africa has its poor spots, South Africa is not one of them. South Africa is killing the United States. It's a lot of places that's killing the United States when it comes to beauty. New Zealand, Dubai, even Nigeria. They took me to a part of Nigeria. New, uh, Nigeria is called the, the Nigerian, the new Dubai. I was like, y'all sure this ain't heaven? Y'all done tapped in the side? They over there doing some stuff, y'all. John 10.10. 10. The thief... This is an eternal scripture. This is a natural one and an eternal one. A thief comes not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. See, whenever time, every time Jesus makes a statement, that statement is not for your 80, 90, 100 years on planet Earth. That is an eternal statement based on forever. And their thing is, the moment you give your life to Christ, your eternity starts then. But that's the main reason why I just told you about how men will study about a vacation. And if you had to move to another country, even if you had to move to another house, you got to move to another. You get ready to move into your dream house. Would you begin to fix up the one that you currently in? I mean, you get ready to move to your dream house in six months. And, and here you are. Now you want to paint. And now you want to invest in new carpet and put marble floors in there. And you, you know, I want to, you know what? We've been here for 10 years. But now I'm getting ready to finish the basement. We're going in our dream house in six months, but we're going to invest. How many? No, it's always one crazy person that just, just feels like they need to leave a mark that cannot be erased, as Griffin Dollar says. You know, but you are not doing that. Why? You focusing on that new house. You know how it is when you get that new job. You were a wonderful employee until another company called you. You wasn't doing no work. Come up there and put that paperwork on your desk if you want to. You ain't like, nobody doing this. It's a lady right now that messed up this couple. 
she was a real estate agent and quit. Just left her, just left the cup out to dry. Why? She was like, I was a real estate agent. I'm moving on to other things now, so guess what? I have no time for what I used to do. It's the law of the greater. Once you got your set sight on something else, you stop dilly-dallying around with this right here. And God is telling you, yeah, that's what, that's what your life is like. Quit dilly-dallying around with this life here. Quit dilly-dallying. Quit, quit trying to focus too much on, on what you're going to get here. And, and Jesus said, your life does not consist in the abundance of things that you have here. But it does consist in the abundance of things that you have over there. That's why Matthew here, 619, he says, don't store up treasures here on earth. He didn't say you couldn't have treasure. He said, just don't store it up. Where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break through and steal. Store your treasure in heaven. Now, most people don't even know what that means. I didn't. You just read it. Store your treasures in heaven. But see, see, God put that in there. What did he mean when he wrote, store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy, thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. I just realized that I mentioned, didn't mention something a moment ago about uh, Satan. Satan wants to make sure that he can find a way to steal from you, kill from you, or destroy you. Let me tell you something about the kingdom of darkness. They're trying to make a mark on you that you will remember forever. I could have got this, but they tricked me out of this. So that's the reason why it just seems so strange. You have all these scriptures talking about studying eternity and what heaven is like. And yet, you, you don't hear it being taught. It's because Satan, it's the number one job Satan has done, amongst other things, is pull a sheet over the body of Christ so I can steal. Remember, he said he comes to steal from you, not just while you're on planet Earth. He's trying to steal treasure from your eternity. I don't, I don't want you to have such such because God has given you what I had. So I'm going to make sure that you don't get it. If I can't get it, you can't get it. So we're going to do every single thing that we can to keep you caught up in sin, to keep you caught up in mayhem, to keep you caught up in stupid stuff. And that'll be my way of tricking you out of what your heavenly father died for you to have. And it'll be my last smack towards your heavenly father before he puts me in the worst part of hell. So let's look at that same scripture from the Passion Translation. And we have one more and we're done. It's pretty good. It's 7.50 and about the end of an hour. <laughs> Told you I ain't playing. Unless the Holy Ghost wind kick in at the end or something, you know. Matthew 6, 19, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, look at this word, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust decay or lose their value for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure so if you treasure your time on planet earth then guess what that's where your heart will be and because that's where your heart is that's where your time will be and so you'll find yourself watching hours of television every single day but if your heart is in eternity, understanding. See, y'all, one of the things about investments, most people can't do them. Because they think they're losing out on something for the current moment. Most people don't have delayed gratification syndrome. If you go into business trying to convince people to invest your money, that's a tough business. Because most people are about the here and the now. I am not interested in the future. That will take care of itself. Just in this case, it won't. He said, don't stockpile. He said, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen. Your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. You can tell where your heart is because wherever your heart is, that's where your time will be. And there's different types of treasures. You got a house, you got a car, you got jewelry, you got gold, silver. You got valuable artifacts. But each one of those are a different form of treasure. What you do to get a house is not what you do to get a car. 
What you do to get a house or a car is not what you do to get a diamond ring. And regardless of how much treasure you got, whether you got a house, whether you got a Rolls Royce, or whether you got a, a, a diamond ring that costs $15,000, you go up in Best Buy, it don't matter that it's treasure. They still ain't going to let you use that type of treasure to buy those things. You understand what I'm saying? You got to learn the exact science of that realm. And that's what we're going to teach. Last scripture. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11. Mm, mm, mm. In view of all of this, I'm, I'm going to give you the punchline up front. All of these things affect how you live on the other side. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. That's one thing that affects your eternity. And moral excellence with knowledge. That's another thing that affects your eternity. How much you know. How many of you know that if you get a certain degree, you can demand a certain amount of pay? <laughs> they don't even know you like that. Uh, I'm sorry. I got a Ph.D., which means you got to pay me a minimum of $80,000. But, man, we only pay $40,000, not because of this degree, and they got to pay you that amount. Knowledge, see? Knowledge gives you the ability to have certain things on the other side. Knowledge of the word, though, not your little Ph.D. Like Dr. Young Cho said, he said, I may have a, degree, not have a degree. He said, I got a degree in the Holy Spirit. That's why I got the biggest church in the world. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control, Lord have mercy, patient enduring. It's not just enduring to the end, but it's how you endure to the end that's going to determine how much of this wealth you get on the other side. And patient endurance with godliness or God-likeness. How much like God do you act? Godliness, brotherly affection. Mm. Stop being mean. Brotherly affection with love for everyone. That brotherly affection is a big deal because you know what? There's a lot of mean people. They just don't know how to be nice. They're always pessimistic. They got to always negative about everything. And they're negative about everything. You think you're going to the other side with that attitude? That doesn't exist there. Darling, this brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love for everybody? I got to love everybody? Yeah, you start getting that revelation. No, you start looking at everybody different, though, I'll tell you that. See, you can't love everybody until you become like the one who loves you in spite of your flaws and all. Verse 8. The more you grow like this, thank God I ain't got to get there overnight. The more you grow like this, now guess what? These things are determining your spiritual growth. When you hear spiritual growth, you just think about being deep. No, it literally determines your growth. The same way that certain things you do will determine the, how your physical body grows is the same way that we'll be able to look and see you on the other side and your height and your shape, how much muscle mass you have, and the brightness of your being will determine these things. We'll be able to look at you and determine how you lived on planet Earth. This is much more extreme. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me t Did you see that? How, how many of you want to be used greatly for eternity on the other side? Well, well, guess what? You better find yourself in these things right here because it says the ones that are used the greatest on the other side are the ones who manage this properly. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted. You know why? They didn't see eternity. They just saw the here and now, how they felt. Those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard, not lazily, not haphazardly. Work hard to prove that you are really <clears throat> among those God has called and chosen. 
do these things and you will never fall away. And then verse 11. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> All that determines the entrance. And see, it's a very scary thing when God tells you that's going to determine your entrance. And you determine the entrance by entrances you've seen down here. You think it's going to be something like you saw on the Grammys or the Enemies or the BET Awards. You ain't seen the type of entrance God can give you. And every entrance is going to be different for every person. And you got to enter heaven. Thank God. Because remember, see, it's amazing. Jesus said, he said, I'm not the reward. I'm the door. He said, no man enters unless you come through me. So I just simply died. Jesus. So you could get in. It's all of the other stuff that you got to do that determines how you're going to live and where you're going to live and what you have access to and what we use you to do. But that's crazy when all of that, they say, yeah, see, yeah, all of that right there. Yeah. See, my thing is, what is the entrance when all of that determines the entrance? When we think about an entrance, we just think about, okay, there's the door. Bam. Now I'm in. You know, we think about like Lorana's party, you know, when they went up front and, and they waited until Lorana came around the corner and she had an entrance. You know, she was doing her dance and everything. And, and so you got a little entrance and, and then bam, now it's time to eat. But, but what if God's entrance lasts a million years? Because you're talking about eternity. What is the entrance like? What, you know, you're talking about a ceremony. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about, you know, how long is the entrance? What do you have to do when you enter? You know, what goes on when you enter? I mean, is it possible that when you enter, you got to shake everybody's hand that's already in heaven? Do they got to bow to you or you bow to them? Is all, all your family members going to be there? You understand what I'm saying? You got to trace your family tree all the way back to Adam. This is the entrance. And see, they can take a long time for the entrance because you're going to be there forever. See, and so this is what I mean by, now you understand why there's going to be a measure of difficulty for me to tap into that type of thinking. So I did ask the Lord, I guess I'll go ahead and tell y'all this. I shouldn't tell y'all this. I ain't going to tell y'all that. No, no, it's some, no, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. No, I, you know what the sad part is, y'all? I do have to wait. There's some things you're not supposed to tell because people... People look crazy. You know, and they be trying to tell me stuff and send me stuff and, 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 and be coming up with ideas like, hey, man, I, I don't need your help. So I'm going to just wait. I might tell it. We'll see. But, um, but y'all got my point. He said, but see, you remember, this ain't your grandmama. This is not your birthday party. This is not your 50th wedding anniversary. And this is not your retirement party that you're entering into. This is eternity. And we don't have the ability to conceive what type of entrance you get when you enter into forever. And they say, yeah, th those things are going to determine your entrance. And everybody is standing there. I don't know what that is like. All I know is we better trust God. And know that this is an individual that can put on the greatest rock and roll show that you'd have never seen in your life. And you don't want to get there like, like, like I told you, I got a relative. I got a relative that was caught up to the entrance. And he didn't even go through the door. He said he just looked and begged Jesus not to send him back to planet Earth, even though he had a full family. He said he's sitting up there begging him, please don't send me back. That's one of the reasons why the Lord does not give a lot of people um, experiences, catching them up to heaven. I was working in the lawn one time in the Holy Spirit last year, and the Lord, Holy Spirit told me, you know, he was telling me about don't be afraid to ask. He said, why would we have a problem um, at, why would we have a problem with you asking us to show you a place that you're going to live forever? That makes no sense. 
you bought a new home, it may not be ready, but they'll still let you come walking in. You understand what I'm saying? And so, but there is a there's a reason why some people they you you gotta that you ain't ready to go there because a lot of people will come back and and just they lose their mind. You remember what Paul said when, when when Paul got caught up there? Paul said, "Man, he said this is hard. He said I'm really struggling on whether or not I want to go ahead and be with Jesus, which is far better, or stay down here and help you all." And like the Lord told Rick Joyner, when Paul decided to stay on planet Earth longer. He did not know that he was magnifying his reward. So guess what? You need to be exercising faith to live as long as you can on this planet. Because the longer that you live, the more you have the ability to stack up and stockpile treasure forever. You understand what I'm saying? What I like about this is that this is a clean slate. In the United States, eh, some people are rich and some people are poor. Some people have great jobs and some people have you know, mediocre jobs. Some people have businesses and some people are just getting by. This, and, then, and sometimes it's based on social economics. Sometimes it's based on race. Sometimes it's based on prejudice. Sometimes it's based on gender. Sometimes it's based on white collar versus black collar and blocking all of those different type of things. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, you got a Bible and a mouth to pray and to praise and you got a hand to do good works. And like Jesus said, he said, some that are great now will be least there. And some that are least now will be the greatest there. He said, some, not all. I plan on all of us being great. I believe that if the Lord, I shouldn't say that. I started to say, I believe that if the Lord gave us the revelation, but he didn't give us the revelation. He would get the same Bible as everybody else. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. Okay. So I understand how important this will be. Again, this is just one of the introductions. There will be more introductions coming the next weekend. It'll be a series of introductions to get you in the mindset of, oh, I got to start over. Yeah, and even for us that started over the last time, you got to read the Bible recognizing that that Bible that's in your lap is written at God's level, not yours. And that, and that the Bible is written based on forever, not 80 years. You got little scriptures in there that promise you certain things until you die. But the majority of the Bible is written based on eternity. And you got to start paying attention to what you read. And it's appalling to see how much stuff is in the Bible for that. Okay, so we can ready to start laying up treasure. Did you know, I'm going to give you a hint for my next introduction and then we go. Don't worry, I'm not about to preach it. You know what I was amazed at? Because there are different things that you do in different areas. There are treasures, there are rewards, there are things that you do to produce clothing and food and trees and mansions. It was interesting. We don't know what this treasure is on the other side. Because God, I mean, God, you know, there's other scriptures that talk about gold and silver and jewels, you know, clothing and, you know what I'm saying? We don't know what this treasure is. Because we don't, he can't reveal it to you because you don't have the ability to understand it. Laura Hare Smith said that her husband said that when he had that vision of heaven, he said he saw something. He said he didn't even know what this thing was. He didn't know if it was a robot or a being. He didn't know what this thing was. You know, I mean, people people have been talked talked about being caught up there, and they said they hear stuff, and they said this is not music. Ain't no way in the world this is music. They said, but how is it music? But it sounds more beautiful than music. This is a place that is beyond wonder. Okay? One of the things that I was blown away, do you know that 90% the when it says lay up, lay up treasure on the other side, did you know that when it comes to that category, that one category treasure, that 90% of the scriptures that say to build up treasure, it only says one thing, give to the poor. See, this thing is exact, folk. It's exact. And I went through all the scriptures that had to do with treasure. I was like, y'all don't say nothing else? Nothing else. Not this, not that, not this, not that. It says when it comes to treasure, give to the poor. Okay? So it's going to be very, very exact because God meant for us to understand it exactly how it works so that we could maximize. Remember what the scripture says? It says, be careful to do these things so that you can get your what? Full reward. I'm trying to get my full reward. And I'm... And, and I'm not getting yours because you're getting your full reward too. 
But the other folk out here, I'm getting theirs too. I'm not getting none of yours because you're getting your full thing. Okay. Y'all good. Let's go ahead and stand. So don't send me no videos. Don't send me no books. Don't send me no revelations and no interpretations and no contemplations. None of them. Trust me, I have more than enough that I have the best information in order to pull this from. But most of it is going to come from the Holy Ghost revealing scripture to me. Most of it. Okay, so it's going to be wonderful. So let's come into agreement. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, O Lord God, for this uh, school of eternity that we're entering into. So that we can prepare for our forever. Because it will never end. Your word says that if two of us would agree in regards to anything that we would ask, it would be done by our Father, which is in heaven. So, Lord God, as your children, as your sons and your daughters, as your kings and your queens, we come into agreement that as we begin to seek after what is there, seek after the plans and the treasures and the rewards and all of the wonderful, peaceful and joyous things that you have set aside for us. We thank you, O Lord God, that as we seek after them, it will be given. As we knock, the door will be opened. As we ask, the revelation and the insight will be given. I thank you, O Lord God, for doing this. Reveal it unto us so that we can get our full reward. Help me, O Lord God, to do this uh, series correctly, for it will save the lives of many, and it will cause the limits of your kingdom to be extended to a much greater degree as the people change and as the people practice these things. Thank you, O Lord God, for what we'll accomplish. For heaven is not a completed place. It is constantly under construction based on what the sons of men do. So we thank you, O Lord God, for helping us to get our full reward. Thank you, O Lord God, for giving dreams and visions and experiences to help us to understand these things. Thank you, O Lord God, for doing this. We believe we receive this high-level insight and wisdom for you told us to keep our focus on the realities of heaven and as we keep and put our focus there we thank you that the realities of heaven will be revealed and i thank you that it'll bring great joy it'll bring great purpose it'll bring great peace we thank you O lord god that you have a glorious destiny for us and that we will fulfill it all thank you O lord god for doing these things in jesus mighty name amen so during this period of time, I don't know how long it's going to last. It's a great possibility that it might last the entire year, year um, because I'm going to try to incorporate each subject into it, but it will never get boring. By the time we actually get into it and you see some of the things that I begin to incorporate, it's going to, it's meant to bring a transformation. I do ask for you to pray for me. Ask the Lord to reveal to me what needs to be taught, what needs to be shared and those things. Sometimes you can pray in the Lord. Daniel did that. Remember, Daniel needed an answer from God, and he asked his friends to pray collectively. He said, y'all, let's pray together. They prayed together, and then the Lord revealed the answer to Daniel because the answer was for everyone, not just Daniel. Y'all got me? Okay. So, all right, let's get ready to get up out of here. So be safe. Just one announcement, and that is next week, Wednesday, we will not be having service. Um, it's the day before Thanksgiving, and so...